0: we are talking about how to win every faith battle how to stand in faith until you see what you've believed that you received from the word of god till you see it in your life our lives are to be marked by one answered prayer after another the blessings of god manifesting in our life we don't walk by sight we walk by faith And we're learning how to do that. We're taking our time. We're talking about how to examine your heart, how to maintain a pure heart. That's a big part of the faith walk. Paul would say all the time, I live in all good conscience with all men. He traveled really light. He didn't carry worries. He didn't carry any condemnation. Well, I'm sure he had great opportunities too, but he didn't do that. In the same way we don't. So, you know, we know our enemy. That's principle number one. We know how he operates. Principle number two, we know that when we're believing God for something, to know God's will in this situation, we have to take his word and secure it on the inside of us so that when the enemy comes challenging your faith, you can respond to him just like Jesus did and say, it is written, it is written, it is written, you'll see him flee. Amen? So we got to do that. But number three, we need to maintain a pure heart. So turn over to Mark chapter 11. We're going to jump over there tonight. Foundational scripture, Mark chapter 11. We'll start in verse 22. Hallelujah. Jesus gives us, in, in my opinion, one of the greatest explanations of the operation of faith in the New Testament how it operates, how faith operates. Do you know the background to the story? Jesus curses a fig tree because it didn't have figs on it. He said, no man eat of you now or forever. And then they went into, they were coming from uh, Bethany and they went into Jerusalem. They came back that evening. They walked by that tree, no doubt. And the tree was still there. Nothing happened to it. They go to Bethany, spend the night. The next morning when they're walking back into Jerusalem, Peter goes, oh my gosh, Jesus, the tree that you cursed, is withered up from the root. And so Jesus now responds to that in verse 22. So I'll I'll start in verse 20 and just read what I just explained, and then we'll jump into verse 22. It says, And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter calling to remember and saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And I love this. And Jesus answering said unto them, not just Peter, so no doubt Jesus could see the look on all of their faces. Right? So he said to them, have faith in God. In the Greek language, you could translate it, have faith in God. You can translate it, have the God kind of faith. You could translate it, have the faith that God has. He's going to explain to you how to operate in the faith that God has, which would be the faith that created everything. That's pretty big, right? Remember, we don't walk by our faith. We walk by the faith of Jesus, the creator of all things, right? So let's look at this. Let's look at this operation of faith. Hallelujah. Basically, what Jesus is doing right here, he's teaching them how to remove every mountain out of their life and how to deal with all lack in their life. Everything. Every unfruitful situation, every unfruitful circumstance, right here, Jesus is teaching them how to get it out of their lives. How would you like to get every unfruitful circumstance and every unfruitful situation out of your life for the rest of your life on this earth. This is exactly what we're talking about. That's why we talk about it a lot. Right? You can't please God without faith. We are commanded to walk by faith. So he says here, first thing he says about it, verse 23, For verily I say unto you, Look at this, that whosoever, so the faith operating in the faith of God is for whosoever. Isn't that awesome? You know, you would think God would be all about being elite because he's God. But see, God is love and he never considers himself. All he wants to do is help other people deal and get unfruitful things out of their life. For whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now the biggest part in this verse that gets us is this. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, here it is, and shall not doubt, In his heart. That's a big disclaimer. So you can't say something when you're doubting in your heart and it come to pass. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Kenneth Hagin, I think, wrote a little mini-book, You Could Have What You Say. Boy, that really got a lot of people upset. But you know what? That's absolutely true. You could even say it this way, you will have what you say. Or you do have what you say. So if you don't like what you have, just change what you're saying. Because if you'll say what he says, you will have what he said he gave you. Right? And nothing can stop that. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray... Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And then Jesus puts this disclaimer and when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. So if I'm going to walk by faith, this verse 25 jumps out at me. When I know the commandment in John. 34 and 35 Jesus says a new commandment I give you it's our New Testament command to love each other the way he loved us unconditionally it's a New Testament command for us to walk in love so we see this and we realize that the love walk is so very important now I would encourage you go back we talked a lot about this Last week about walking in forgiveness, we talked about how you got to rightly divide what God says here. Because he says here, right, right in verse 25, and when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any, so that, that your heavenly Father, or that your Father which is in heaven, may forgive you. When you really look at that, see if you don't understand positional truth or temporal truth, you would sit there and go, well now wait a minute. I thought all my sins were already forgiven. Romans 8 says, All my sins were condemned. All, all my sin was condemned once and for all in the body of Jesus. God, what are you talking about? If I don't forgive, you won't forgive. Well, look at look at look at what it says here. Therefore, I say unto you, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, you'll have them. He's talking about the operation of faith. He's talking about you have to walk in forgiveness within the operation of faith. Otherwise, your faith won't operate because faith works by love. So, so remember, as you study this, this is talking about how we are to walk by faith. It's talking about temporal truth, our, our, our behavior. So when we're walking by faith, we've got to forgive. Does that make sense? Be a real good thing to do. I do, this, I do this every day. Father, I declare to you today, one of the first things I do after I thank him for the day that he's given me. Father, I just declare to you, I forgive everyone who's ever wronged me and I harbor no unforgiveness in my heart in any way. I always say that to him. Always. We, we start the day right there. Because why? I cannot walk by faith, if there's unforgiveness, if, I, if I'm not walking in love. And forgiveness, remember, is a decision. It's not a feeling. It's a decision. And forgiving somebody is not condoning what they did to you. But here's the thing. Nobody can block you. Nobody can stop you in life. No weapon formed against you can prosper. Why? Because you are his. So, so whatever somebody, even if they're attacking you, whatever, just love them and trust God to protect you. Truth to come out. You'll always come out on top. Because why? 1 Corinthians thirteen eight says love never fails. To say love fails is to say that God fails. And he never fails. Isn't that good news? Hallelujah. So in order to make this proper confession right here in order to make it you got to think right so again it's getting right back we have to maintain a pure heart that all starts with thinking right very very important see you've got to you've got to know that what you believe literally draws the boundaries of your life your belief does in God's word, because when God has spoken something over your life, I'll meet all of your needs according to my riches and glory, and it'll all come to you through my son, Jesus, or you could say through the word of God. That is a done fact. It's forever settled in heaven. When the word of God says, literally by his stripes, I was healed. When it says Jesus bore my sickness and carried my pain, And with his stripes, I'm healed. That's a finished fact. The God of the universe says it. Jesus is watching over his word to perform it. Biblical principle in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So now God's word is healing is provided for you. Deliverance is provided for you. Finances, all of that is provided for you. Satan's over here saying, no, 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 it's not. That's a lie. It'll never work. We need a second witness, and that witness is you. And that's why what you say matters. So if you side with the word of God and refuse to walk by sight, you walk by faith, there is nothing that could stop the answer from manifesting in your life. Nothing. A lot of God's children live as if this word is not true. It's absolutely true. Absolutely true. This word will change every aspect of your life. It's absolutely true. So we've got to maintain a right heart. This is so important. Here is the really cool thing. The Holy Spirit is down on the inside of you he is the one that will lead you and guide you into all the truth. He's the one that will help you keep your heart pure. He'll keep. And what I mean by a pure heart, I, I'm not doubting. I'm not doubting God. I'm not doubting his word. I'm not being swayed one way or another. I'm not doubting my identity. I'm identified with Christ. Uh, I'm making sure that my heart motives are right in every, in every way. He'll get you in the right spot and keep you in the right spot. Inner turmoil eats so many people's lunch and we should have none of it in our life. And I'm telling you, when you get the word of God in your heart, it eradicates inner turmoil. It's wonderful. So now let's jump over to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Hallelujah. How do we maintain so much of maintaining the right heart is you have to know what you believe. You have to know some things. You have to have them settled in your life because this is all about decisions. I have made a decision that I will walk by faith forever, that I will walk in love. I'm gonna walk by the faith of God, I'm gonna walk in the love of God, and I'm gonna be led by the Spirit of God, and that's a life decision. So everything in my life revolves around that. If I ever jump and move out of that position, I remember that commitment, because it's a life commitment. I saturate my life to stay there, I jump right back. Why? Because I'm not gonna let the enemy use my tongue, I'm not gonna let the enemy use my life to show something out of my life that is not true about God. I want people to look at my life and go, God is blessing him. That is God moving. That's what we want in this church. That's what you want in your life. It's part of your witness. See, everybody thinks, people who don't know God, they think that, well, I'm just living my own life. And it's like, no, there, there actually is no middle ground in the earth. You're either all in with God or you're all in with Satan. There is no other place. You're either all in walking by faith or you're walking by sight. There is no difference. You're either all in with seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness or he's not first. Does does that make sense? So what's really cool about that is it really brings a calm And a peace to you. Because now. When you get out of that love walk. Or the faith walk. Or being led by the spirit. You know it. So instead of beating yourself up. You also know. That God doesn't ever beat me up. For missing it. And I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm just going to repent. And get back over here. Does that make sense? Because. See. You can't. Boy this just came out of my spirit. You can't. Possess something that you don't own. Think about that in relation to faith. You own a healing. That is the only way, that's the only reason why you can possess it by faith. Does that make sense? If you have cancer... You need to realize you own being healed from cancer because Jesus bore it and you don't have to bear it. You already own that. So now I'm simply believing the word of God and I'm possessing it with my faith. Do you know this building was built for us? In 1965, I was three years old, and this building was built. It was a Christian science church, and they built it, but I gotta tell you, it was built for us. We just needed, we needed some time. We needed about 47 years to get there, but when we started the church, when the Lord opened up this new church, from day one, we told everybody, listen, we already own lands and buildings in Omaha and the surrounding area, and as the Lord leads us, and when we walk in and and we, we know, hey, this is ours, then we'll possess it with our faith. But we already own it. We could not have possessed this building if we didn't already own it. You could never lay hold of your healing unless it was already yours. You could never lay hold of provision unless provision is already yours. This is a big faith fact. It keeps you, you got to come from it from the right way. Success in life? Finishing your course? No, no, you already own it. As far as God's concerned, it's already done. So now you just lay hold of it. Isn't that a lot easier than trying to wear yourself out, be good enough to possess it? See, you can't be good enough because it was already given to you by his grace. Now, allowing sin in your life when you don't have to by beating yourself up, looking at yourself wrong and buying the lies of the enemy, that will break fellowship but it, and you won't be able to lay hold of things in that state, but your relationship is never broken, and it's never not yours. And the minute you get revelation that, wait a minute, what I'm doing is not who I really am. I'm not doing this anymore. And you repent. Guess what? It's all right there. You don't go back. You don't have to wait 25 years. No, no, it's all yours already. Does that make sense? Everything is yours. And this is a cool thing when you get saved, that even though all, all things become new, God still puts a promise in there that says, oh, and by the way, though, in that old life, anything the enemy stole from you, you can get it back on the, in, while you're alive here. That's just kind of icing on the cake. Let me just show you how much of a loser Satan really is and how little power he really has. Now, see, we're no match for him intellectually or in the natural. But we're not doing this intellectually. We're operating by faith. Faith is of the heart. He's no match for you spiritually. Why? Because you've been made in the image of your Father. You've been given all authority in the name of Jesus. And when you use his name, his power and his presence is there. I love that. 1 John chapter 5 Verse four says, for whatsoever, really it's the Greek word whosoever, is born of God. Who, how many people are born of God here? Pretty much everybody, would you say? So, so all of you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. You're born of God and it says, what does it say about you? Overcometh, this is a continual present tense word, overcomes the world. That's, that's the word... Greek word for world system. Whoever is born of God constantly overcomes the world system. That means anything in this life that could come against you, you'll overcome it. Why? Because you're born of God. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Our faith is the victory. Because our faith, which is really His faith, isn't it? It comes by hearing His word. We take faith and we possess what He's already given us by His grace. So that's why we can say this. So let's let's look. I, I mentioned this earlier, but let's go to Galatians chapter two in verse twenty. Galatians chapter two, verse twenty, because I want you to see whoever's born of god overcomes the world i mean we're talking right now in your life what is going on in your life that doesn't line up with the word of god it has to leave it has to come in line it can't change the only one that can keep it in your life is you satan can't keep it in your life Satan can't stop you from doing everything on this earth that you're called to do. Yeah, but pastor, I wasted the last 50 years. Doesn't matter. He's provided healing for you. He's provided strength for you. He'll redeem the time. If you'll just, just be led by his spirit, walk in his love, and walk by his faith, you will live long on the earth, declare the works of the Lord, and you'll, say, well, you'll hear, well done at the end of your life. Here. It, and, and nothing can stop it. This is not a religion. This is tr- this isn't even fact. It's much greater than fact. this is truth. This is forever settled in heaven. So look at what Paul said here, I am crucified. I am crucified with Christ. In other words, literally I have been, and am crucified with Christ. Positionally, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus, he's getting ready, we're about to celebrate Easter, when he's getting ready to go to the cross, guess who was hanging on there with him? I was crucified with him. But then Paul says, but nevertheless, I live. Isn't that good news? He says, so he says, I have been and am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. And then he says this, Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Isn't that good news? Right now, as you're seated here, the very God that created the planet is living in you by his spirit. Powerful. It says here, And the life, it says, but Christ Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, so this life I'm living in the flesh, I live it by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Isn't that amazing? Jesus gave himself for you. He took all, of our weakness and gave us all of his strength. He took all of our sin and gave us all of his righteousness. He took all of our sickness and gave us all of his healing. He took all of our defeat and gave us all of his victory. We lack nothing. And I'm telling you, I am so excited about the time we live in because you are going to see the church rising up and taking possession of their inheritance, and it's going to be light that d- just goes all over this planet. It's going to be the glory of God covering the earth as the waters cover the seas. And we're going to do all that he's called us to do. Hallelujah. This is, this is just truth. So let's jump over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Just go left a little bit and go to verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Because of everything we said, Paul's letter to the church at Corinth, it's this For we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, this word sight literally would be translated senses. Not just seeing, but hearing, feeling, touching, smelling. We walk by faith. We don't walk by our senses. It's impossible for anybody to upset you if you're walking by faith. You can only get upset when you perceive by your senses something. Does that make sense? We live, what he's saying here is we live out of our spirit. Now, is it blind faith? Oh, no, 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 no. Actually, you can't see things as they really are unless you're walking by faith. If you're walking by your senses, you'll get into you're just living by how things seem. And all of a sudden, there's boundaries there. Hey, you know what? This is going on, and there's no way this can work out. With God, there's no way he ever gets in a place of no way. Because when God gets in a place of no way in the natural, he just makes another way. That's why nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop you. Isn't that good news? That means everything in your heart God will bring it to pass if you'll simply allow him to by walking by faith. For the just, or it says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, I mentioned this scripture earlier. Let's go over here. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 because we need to look at this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah the Lord was just really prompting me that we're to to put our eyes on these scriptures. If you don't put your eyes on the word, you won't have it coming out of your mouth and it won't do you any good. Hebrews chapter 11, verse six. I love this. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Oh, you're just one of those faith teachers. Thank you. Yes, that is the goal of my life, right? But without faith, it's impossible to please him for he that comes to God must believe that he is. What does that mean? You, when you come to God, you must believe that he is who he says he is. So when you come to him with pain or sickness in your body, you must believe that he is your healer. When you come to him and needing provision, you have to believe that he's your provider. You must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That means means when I'm reaching up, he's reaching down. When I'm drawing near to him with a heart of full assurance of faith, he's drawn near to me. See, well, why do I have to move first? Well, no, no. You, we really didn't. He really did move first. And when he moved 2,000 years ago and said it was finished, it's finished. So now it's your move. Because for him to move now, he'd have to violate your will. So, so but if you'll move and if you'll believe him, he's there. That, isn't that good news? This is not... of the time, that'd be good. But no, this is 100%. Wow, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. Wow, whoever will say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says will come to pass. He'll have what he says. All things are possible to whoever believes. Isn't that good news? I mean, this is, a, you know, if we ask anything, 1 John 5, 14, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petitions we've asked of him. If we just know that he hears us, we don't have to have him say yes. You know why? Because he's already said yes. we've just been lied to you know we just we think that that god saved a wretch like me no 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 he did much better than that he eradicated the wretch that i was it's gone He's gone forever and he made me brand new and I'm born of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. I am his child now. His eyes are upon me. His ears are open to my cry. All of his promises are in Christ, yes, and in Christ, amen. And he's given me all things that pertain to life and godliness and has blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Therefore I am strong in the Lord and in the power of His might and I can do all things through Christ. Oh, the weapons will be formed against me but when they come out one way they're going to they're run from me seven ways. Yeah. This is good news. This is who we are. And we just rest and maintain a pure heart. See, how you maintain a pure heart has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with what Jesus did for you. Man, I love that. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. The reason why what pleases God is when you receive those things into your life that he's given you. And without faith, you can't receive them. So this is why this is so important. Now here's a big one. I want you to see this. Just kind of jumped up in me. Go to Romans chapter 14 and look at the end of verse 23. Romans 14 verse 23. If you want to know how important this faith thing is, it says this. It says at the end of verse 23 of Romans chapter 14, it says, For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. That means if I do anything, I don't care how good it is, if I do it out of my flesh, it's sin. What is sin? The very word means to miss the mark. Well, what is the mark? God, who's life. Sin produces death. Anything out of the faith walk produces death. So now you know why Satan wants you to try to figure things out. Oh, you're a smart guy. You could figure this out. You're talented enough. I'm telling you, you're just, you're just not enough in yourself to live The zoe, eternal life of God. You need him. Man was never created to do anything by himself. He was created to do everything with the God of all creation. A much higher level. And here's the cool thing with God. You never lose your personality or who you are. Actually, you find who you are. And that's what I love about that. So now let's look at this thing called faith. Let's go to James chapter 1. Let's look at it. James chapter 1. We're going to start in about verse 5. You guys doing okay? Hallelujah. We're just flowing with the Holy Ghost on how to walk by faith, on how to maintain a pure heart, on how to possess everything that is yours already. Man, I want to possess what I am to possess on this earth so that I could yield all of my fruit in my season so that I could leave an inheritance to my children's children. And it doesn't matter where you are. You could say, well, pastor, I'm already retired. Okay. That it doesn't say unless you're already retired here. Right? You might be retired from a certain career, but you are not retired. I know there's no retired person from the ministry in here tonight, from the plan of God. There's no retired person because I know everybody in here can fog a mirror because if if there was somebody in here who couldn't, that would probably disrupt the service a little bit. You know, we'd have some medical people, some doctors and, you know, and nurse practitioners in here, nurses, they'd be jumping all over them, trying to recover them, you know, sirens be going off. Nope, we're all alive, so guess what? We know we can still fulfill the plan of God. We didn't mess it up. Isn't that good news? Gotta know that. James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally. This means God is a God who gives you more than you ask him for always. And he upbraideth not, which means God never gets down on you for the mess you've created. And it says, and it shall be given him. So if you ask God for wisdom, now this is Pastor James telling his jewish church if you ask god for wisdom he'll give you more than you ask him for and 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 he won't get down on you for a mess you've created but then he says this but let him ask in faith nothing wavering it's the greek word diakrino You can't waver. It means you're trying to stand in two places at the same time. You're trying to move in two different directions at the same time. You're differing and contending with what the word says. So you're going, well, you know what? I'm healed. Praise God. You go to the doctor. You get this report that's getting better. And you're like, you're telling everybody. Praise reports. Oh man, I'm healed. The doctor said it's looking better. All this stuff. And you can't figure out why. Then you wake up the next morning. And you're in more pain than you've ever been in. And now you're like, oh shoot, maybe not, maybe this thing isn't working. And man, I told everybody in my church yesterday at church that I was radically healed and I gave this incredible praise report and oh my gosh. And then Tuesday comes and you're even getting worse. And then Wednesday and you're like, you're looking forward to coming to Wednesday night service, but you're like, ah, maybe I shouldn't go because man, these symptoms are all over me now and, and maybe I'm not healed. The acrino. This is why we meditate in the word because see, sometimes <laughs> you'll have doubt in your mind. Notice Mark 11, 23 didn't or 24 did not say, and shall not doubt in his mind. Or 23 didn't say, you know, and shall not doubt in his mind. It says, and shall not doubt in his heart. I love what Brother Hagin said when he was alive on this earth. In one of his teachings, he said, you know, faith will work. Faith in your heart will work with doubt in your mind. But here's the thing. We know how to get rid of doubt in our mind. We speak the word of God. It is written, it is written, it is written, and it'll get rid of that doubt. Next week, we're going to hit real heavy how to deal with doubt and fear. It's a big one that causes people to let go. They get afraid. They start doubting things. We're going to deal with it. We're going to punch doubt and fear right in the face. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Hallelujah. It says here, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Boy, I know what it's like to waver. I remember when I got caught a few years ago in a riptide, and I thought I was going to die for a moment. Man, I'm telling you, it was 15, almost 20-foot swells in Southern California. Jeanette's sleeping. I'm at this little cove beach, and I'm looking at these big waves going, I'm out of shape, and I'm not a very good swimmer. But wow, look at the way those waves are. I'll, just, I'll be smart, but I just want to kind of go mess around a little bit. And I get out there, and the problem was, You know, a set normally comes in, a wave comes in, then another one, like three or four, and then you have a little break until another set. This one was boom, 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 boom. And so all of a sudden, the water, I I got pushed out a little too far, and when when the water's below your waist, you could kind of anchor in and you could keep yourself. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I didn't feel like I moved anywhere. The water was up here. And now you're wavering. I'm being tossed to and fro, and at one point, I tried to turn around and swim, and I started swimming back to shore, going backwards. So I immediately stopped and called out for help. And so, you know, I was wa- that's what wavering's like. Have you ever done it? You feel like you have no control. There's a million thoughts hitting your mind how this is not gonna work out, and everything you hear Pastor Tony say or the Word of God says, it might be true for others, but it's not true for you. And, and, and all of a sudden, you're just like being thrown all over. Listen, you can't receive anything from God that way. That's exactly what James is saying. For let not that man think, the man who's wavering, think that he'll receive anything from God. Again, the key here is, it doesn't say, let not that man think that God won't give it to him. God's already given it, you just can't receive it like that. Well, what do you do? Well, faith comes by hearing. So I just start hearing the Word of God and now I won't waver anymore. As I feed on the Word of God, it is written, it is written. What happens is the Holy Spirit brings revelation. He etches the Word of God on your heart. Now your spirit is communicating the Word of God to your mind and what's happening is it's renovating your mind and all of a sudden you start thinking different in line with God's word, and you're no longer wavering, and now you believe that you've received, and now you're speaking right, and pretty soon you see it in your life. It's exactly how it works. It says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So now let's just go back just a little bit. Go to Hebrews 11.1. Let's look at what it says about this faith. To win a faith battle, we got to know what faith is. It says here, Hebrews 11, 1, now faith is. Faith is always now. Don't ever let Satan put faith in time. Right? God, God's faith is always now. Now faith is what? The substance of things hoped for. What does that mean? Substance of things hoped for. What is hope? It's a joyous, confident expectation. It it doesn't mean it may happen or may not. No, if God said it, I could be filled with joy and I could expect it. In other words, now faith gives substance to the thing I'm expecting. Going on, the evidence. Faith is the evidence. It's the proof of things not seen. It's the proof that I have what I cannot perceive from my senses. Can you put up the amplified version of that? Hebrews 11.1. Let's read that because I love the phrase title deed that it uses. It says, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed by the senses. That's what faith does. And it only comes from hearing God's word. This is a huge one. Faith comes from hearing God's word. You believe that? Let me prove that to you in the the scripture. Go to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans chapter 10 in verse 17 The faith we are talking about it speaks to the mountain it doesn't talk about the mountain it's not moved faith the faith of God is eternal and it's right now and the faith of God cannot be perceived by your senses You've heard me say this, you know, what would the lady at the counter in the perfume and cologne section over there of Von Marr think if I walked up to her and I said, hey, I want to buy, I want to buy some uh, perfume for my wife. And she says, oh, this one scent is wonderful. And, and, and I said, okay, well, let me, let me just see uh, what I think of it. And I, I open it up and I spray it in my ear she would be like, what the heck are you doing? In the same way that you can't perceive the smell of perfume with your ear, you can't perceive faith with your emotions. There's a point to that silly story. You've heard me say that before, but it's so true. You can be in great faith, but not not perceive it with your emotions. See, your emotions will get excited and stirred up by the response that your mouth gives. You want to walk in the joy of the Lord, which is your strength? It will be the response. It'll be based on stirring your joy up on the inside of you comes from you speaking it. Father, I thank you. You're in the middle of something, and everything around you feels like defeat and death, and you're going backwards, and you're just like, oh, Father, your joy is my strength. It is written, your joy is my strength. I mean, I can hardly say it because it starts, it starts going on the inside of you. I mean, I'm telling you, there's nothing like peace that comes from the inside of you out. There's nothing like joy. See, joy, peace, all of this stuff is a response. It comes from the response of your mouth. So if you talk your circumstances you're going to have your circumstances. If you talk the word of God, you will have the word. If you say what God says is yours, then you will have what you say. Does that make sense? This is why life and death is in the power of your tongue. So then we walk by faith, so, or so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing. Hearing. This this word hearing, I wrote this in my Bible, it means readily received. It means when I hear the word, I'm not not arguing with it. I'm not saying I'm not going to do it. No, I'm readily receiving it. God, if you say I'm to do something, I'm doing it. It doesn't matter what it is, I'm doing it. I'm not fighting you. Now, if you're still fighting God in an area, just keep feeding. Because you'll get to the point where you'll just give it up. Because it's really not you fighting it, it's your flesh. Right? This word also means heard and accepted from within. You're choosing as an act of your will to accept God's word as truth. That's how you got saved. You had to accept God's word. Yes, I choose to believe that 2,000 years ago in Israel, Jesus Christ died for my sin. Three days later, he came out of a grave, and now he's seated in heaven alive forevermore. And I believe that in my heart, and now Jesus, I proclaim that you are my Lord. I'm not my Lord. I'm, this is not my life. I give you my life. When I choose to do that, boom. I heard the word of God, and, my, and, and I made a decision I made a decision to count this as truth and I gave him my life. I could have chosen not to believe it and I would have never been born again. There's a bunch of people on this planet that are running around saying, well, I believe in God and they're wondering why there's nothing happening in their life. It's because, well, okay, you believe. So what? The devils believe and they're scared. You have to, you have to act on your belief. Well, I just believe I'm healed. Well, you got to do more than that. You have to release your faith. I believe I receive my healing. Does that make sense? So let's keep going with this. Where am I at? Romans ten seventeen. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. In other words, faith only comes by hearing God's word. Now when faith comes... Now let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and we'll see what that produces. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. It says this. We having the same spirit of faith, the same as who? The same as Jesus. You could go right down the list. The same as Joshua. The same as David. The same as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We believe and therefore speak. You will say what you see when you see god's word and get revelation knowledge and you hear it faith is there and you'll say it if you're not saying it you better go back and start feeding on the word because you're probably not in faith this is a huge thing so i want to kind of close with this i want to come full circle let's go to galatians chapter five galatians chapter five In verse 6. I just want to read a couple scriptures to you. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6. It says, for in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision avails anything, nor uncircumcision. So who you are doesn't avail anything, in other words. But what does but faith which works by love. You always got to remember that. If your faith is not working, check your love walk. Does that make sense? So very important. So let's go. Go over here. First John chapter 3. First John chapter 3. We're really coming down the hill right now. Verse 1. Look at this. It says, 1 John 3, 1, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called, what? The sons of God. It says, therefore the world knows us not, because it knew him not. Isn't this amazing? This is so important. Behold what manner of love the Father has towards you. That he literally made you and calls you his child. I'll close by just saying this. You're made to live this way. It's unnatural for you to live by sight. It's unnatural to you, for you to live in natural love that's conditional. No, the love of God is, it's the natural thing. You're made to love people unconditionally. You're made to be Fearless. You're made to trust him. Amen?